What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go! Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Here we go! It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Let's go! Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Welcome to your week, week 16 recap, everybody. I'm doing you all a holiday favor. I don't have my iPad to play any music, so you might you know, be happy about that. And I thought, why don't I just sing We Are the Champions? But as a gift to everybody, as a present, I will not be singing on tonight's show. But we welcome you. We welcome Dave. We welcome Heath. Are you guys champions? How you feeling right now on Sunday nights? Heath's a champion. Heath is going to beat me in our IDP league. It's over. It's done with. There's absolutely no way I can make a comeback against Heath's team. Congratulations, Heath. Well done. And I'm in, I'm in two wars in my other leagues. There's a chance I walk out of 2019 with zero fantasy championships. Hate I, to admit it, but it's the truth. No, it has you're going to win one. It, I, I think I'm going to win one, and there's a decent chance I win two. I'm just being right. polite or modest or whatever you want to say I am. Hopefully I'm not unlucky. That's really what it comes yeah. down to. I have a very small lead over Dave in a dogfight in our IDP league. Hopefully, oh my God, Patrick, small Hopefully, lead. Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill can outscore Anthony Miller. But if not, um, I also have a small league lead in the podcast league. Um, so hopefully, I can hold on to that. <laughs> you have one. a huge lead. You have a huge um, lead. Congratulations to Heath. He is going to win the podcast league. That is big news. Great work, sir. Great work, Lamar Jackson, all the way. And I you know, have a, yeah. one other league where I need 123 yards and a touchdown from Anthony Miller. And that's actually the most important league. And the funny thing is Dave has Anthony Miller against me in the IDP league. And I would gladly let Dave have those points in the IDP league. Because, you're, league. because you're up 11 points and you have Mahomes and Tyreek Hill and Mike Boone. And all I have left is Anthony Miller. So quit with the... The cuteness here. You're going to win. All right. Well, I'm look, happy to give you the I, congratulations. win. Congratulations. Second year congrats. in a row he's beaten me in the IDP league, the stupid bearded bastard. That's true. Wow. <laughs> wow. All right. Yeah. So he's back to back in the IDP league, winner of the podcast league this year, most likely. Uh, I uh, looks like I got a pretty good lead in one of our leagues. I got a chance in another one to advance to the final. So we shall see. Hope everybody had a really good week 16. You know, it wasn't even looking like it was going to be a great week for Lamar Jackson. And then he ends up with a huge week, but he wasn't as good as Daniel Jones. He wasn't as good as Ryan, as Ryan Fitzpatrick. He wasn't as good as Andy Dalton. We'll talk about all that, but really we got to start with the injuries, guys. Mark Ingram left with a strained calf. There's no reason for him to play in week 17. After he left, 
We did see Justice Hill working at the goal line, and then we saw Gus Edwards. Edwards got a lot more work after Ingram, uh, in the game in general, but also after Ingram left. Uh, they got Pittsburgh in Week 17. It's a meaningless game for Baltimore and a huge game for Pittsburgh. Derrick Henry, this game wasn't that important at all, actually, for the Titans, believe it or not, and he is expected to play in Week 17, according to a report against Houston, uh, at Houston. Chris Carson and C.J. Procise, they both left with injuries for Seattle. Does that mean it's homer time, Dave, uh, against the 49ers in Week 17? It is Travis homer time. Now, I would also expect the Seahawks to add another running back along the way here. But, uh, yeah, the former University of Miami running back and solid running back, underrated hands, not a lot of size to him. But he's going to get an opportunity in a very meaningful game against the 49ers run defense. I I don't think people – um, he's going to be one of those emergency ads in Week 17. Kyler Murray left with an injury. Brett Hundley replaced him and played all right. DJ Moore left with a concussion in the first quarter. Will Fuller groin injury on Saturday. James Conner left with a thigh injury. They'll be at Baltimore for a huge game. And Miles Gaskin left with uh, my no who left Miles uh, Gaskin yeah Miles got Gaskin hurt. left with yeah. an ankle injury. Yes, he yes, did. he left with an ankle injury. There you go. Um, so I read it and I thought, no, not Miles Boykin, but actually I did write Miles Gaskin, uh, the Dolphins running back. He actually had taken over the role basically during that game from Patrick Laird and he scored, but it's going to be Laird, eh, probably Laird next week at New England. Who cares? Your best call of week 16. Heath, what was your best call? You know, I struggled with this one because I was looking through my three teams and I did have a little success this week, but most of my lineup decisions seemed relatively obvious. And then I remembered You know, I really make calls for the people, not for my own benefit. And I think by far the best call that I made this week was when I alerted you to the fact that the Colts defense was still available on the waiver wire when you had picked up the Broncos. (laughs) And you were able to pick up the Colts and start them over the Broncos and pick up an extra 20 fantasy points just because of that advice that I gave you. And I'm just really happy I could do that for you. Uh, okay, so you already saw my worst call of the week was starting the, the Colts, no, the Broncos over the Colts. I agonized over this. I kept them both. I picked up Deion Lewis on Saturday night, and I said, Should I, I'm just going to drop one of the DSTs. I said, no, I still don't know what I'm going to do. I didn't know right up until kickoff, and I made the wrong decision. I think I'm still going to win, but yes, I, I uh, sat the Colts DST, who got two punt return touchdowns from Naeem Hines. My best call, though, was in that same league, keeping Alvin Kamara in the lineup instead of Deion Lewis, instead of Mike Boone. Well, we'll see if that ends up being good, but it probably will be. And uh, Dave, what was your best call of the week, be it a a roster move you made or a rankings uh, decision you made? What did you think? What was your best call? Yeah, like like Heath, I also do my rankings for the people, but I also follow my own advice. It's the only way to be, and it's just the way that uh, you got to be honest, right? And so I've always been honest with our listeners, our viewers, our readers. And I started Tyler Higby, and it was because I thought that he'd have a really good chance. Started him over Odell Beckham. Started him over Michael Gallup. It's working out for me. Thank you very much. Now my Great worst job. call, my worst Great call job. was uh, was benching Kenyon Drake for Mike Boone. And I don't know what Mike Boone's gonna do. But unless he does what Kenyon Drake did, and I don't think he's going to do that, uh, I would have I would have a, a four peat locked up if I had started Kenyon Drake over Mike Boone. So that that part stunk. But again, that's what my ranking said. And I remember thinking this morning when I was getting ready to come into the office to go on CBS Sports HQ for Fantasy Football Today, the video show. I I didn't remember exactly where I had Boone and Drake ranked, but I thought to myself. 
however I have it, I'm not going to change it. I'm going to go with it. And Boone, one spot ahead of Drake. Yikes. Uh, hey, what can you do? Hey, it, it's not over yet, Dave. He might, he might outscore him. Heath, what was your worst call of the week? Uh, it would have been trusting DJ Chark slash streaming Gardner Minshew because Chark was back. He was absolutely terrible today. I mean, Minshew wasn't particularly good himself, but even with his struggles, he was a dropped Chark touchdown away from having a 22-point outing. Uh, DJ Chark did not look like the same wide receiver, and uh, I pretty much treated him like he was the guy that he had been earlier in the year. But Gardner Minshew did rush for 36 yards. Thank you, Heath. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Heath. Yep. Thank Over you, twenty and a half. Yes, Ben Ben Schrager and oh, I is thank that a prop you for bet? that. Yeah, <laughs> we uh we actually crushed it on prop bets today. I know that that's not what nice. we talk about on on this show, but Schrager and I did a really good job, and Heath is to thank for that. So Heath, you might be a, a punk for beating me again in the finals of the IDP league, but thank I didn't you for do the that tip yet. On Gardner Min, I'll get that get out of here. <laughs> okay, Anthony All Miller right, is going off for four touchdowns and two hundred yards. Let's talk about Week 16 a little bit more here. The smart football play that was bad for fantasy. Miles Sanders just keep running and get into the end zone. They're not going to win if you score a touchdown. And he slid and he cost himself a bunch of fantasy points to uh, put the exclamation point on the win over Dallas. So we could have used a little bit more from you, Miles Sanders. Mega duds of the week. We have more mega duds coming up later. But how about these two? Tyler Lockett, one catch for 12 yards on eight targets against the Cardinals. And DK Metcalf in the same game. One target, no catches. And I believe I heard the broadcaster uh, at the end of the game, late in the game, say that Patrick Peterson had been shutting down DK Metcalf the entire game, basically. Yeah, it was it was the Seahawks being shut down by the Arizona Cardinals pass rush and by the defense in general. Just an absolute miserable game. The Seahawks converted one third down. I believe it's one of 11 in the entire game. Russ looked terrible. The run game was bad to begin with. And then when Carson got hurt, it went to shreds. Their defense was banged up. Just a, really a terrible game from Seattle on both sides of the ball. So I guess got to ask one question here. <laughs> Are we sure that Christian Wilkins caught a touchdown from Ryan Fitzpatrick and that he didn't just fumble it before the goal line and then pick it up in the end zone? And I say this because, you know, stat corrections come out midweek. That's one. That was one play that I'm looking at. It's credited on CBS as a touchdown. Dave, you said you saw it with your own four eyes that Wilkins caught the ball and was in the end zone. It looked I like it to me. I couldn't tell so clearly. Yeah, it All looked right. like it to me. I will Don't say, like champions. I was, I was not watching that game. I was watching a different game at that moment, but I had the game center open for that game, and the game center reported it as he fumbled and recovered it in the end zone. Right. So, so look, if, if you're in a championship that involves Ryan Fitzpatrick or, I don't know, maybe the Bengals DST, probably not. Like, just just wait until the stat corrections come out if it's close because he's being credited with the touchdown right now. Uh, the playoff scenarios are important if you are playing into Week 17. And, by the way, we'll have a mostly normal Week 17. We will not have a show on Monday, but we will have waiver wire, start sit, uh, mail ba- uh, it'll be like a mailbag slash tough calls. On Wednesday, uh, Jamie and I will have that show for you on Christmas. But, Dave, what do we need to know in terms of the playoff scenarios and who's going to sit in Week 17? Sure. So let's start in the AFC because that that's a lot clearer. Baltimore's locked up the one seed. I'm almost certain they're going to rest their guys. We've seen the last of Lamar Jackson this year. 
Houston says they're going to play their starters, but they're locked into either the three or the four seed. They're going to get a home game. They cannot get a bye. They might rest some of their guys. Buffalo also might rest some of their guys. They're locked into the five seed. We're recording this during the Sunday night game between the Chiefs and the Bears. If the Bears beat the Chiefs, the two seed is going to be locked up. The Patriots will get that. The Chiefs will have a home game the first round of the playoffs. Andy Reid typically rests his guys, and we've seen Bill Belichick rest his guys anywhere from three quarters to one quarter um, when he's been in a meaningless game. Titans, Steelers, Raiders still alive. They still have something to play for no matter what happens in the Sunday night game. In the NFC, it's a lot different. 49ers and Seahawks are playing a week from right now, the Sunday night football game. The winner is the NFC West champion, and there's a chance that they get, if it's the 49ers, they're the one seed. If it's the Seahawks, there's a chance that they could get a bye in the first round, but it depends on other things going on in the NFC. Suffice to say, both teams are going to play their guys. The Saints get the number two seed at worst if they win. The Packers, a lot of big factors here. Bottom line is that if they win, they're the NFC North champs. There's an outside shot of them getting a first-round bye in Week 17, so maybe they play their guys. If the Vikings lose, they're locked into the number 5 seed. They might start resting some of their guys, including their running backs. Philadelphia, Dallas, they both have to win in order to keep their playoff hopes alive. Mm-hmm. All right, you know what? I got to tell you, it was an awesome week. We had some great games. Every game on Saturday – Basically came down to the wire. Sunday was really fun. Unfortunately, you know, maybe the two best games, the late games kind of stunk, but the two best games were among four of the worst teams in football, the Dolphins, Bengals, the Giants, Redskins. But let's talk about the best of week 16. You guys owe Daniel Jones a big apology because as of right now, he's the number one quarterback in fantasy this week. This is the third week this season that Daniel Jones is QB1 assuming it stays that way. And the fourth week that he's one or two, he is totally boomer bust. He has not scored more than 18 fantasy points in any other game other than those four big ones. And they've all been on the road, oddly enough. He's at home against Philadelphia. So, Heath, I'm going to tell you the top four quarterbacks going into Sunday night. Daniel Jones, 51% owned. Andy Dalton had 41 fantasy points. Jones had 45. Dalton had 41. Like, garbage time galore. And then... (laughs) Gosh, he forced overtime. It was amazing. Ryan Fitzpatrick had 38 points, and Lamar Jackson had a pedestrian 35 fantasy points. Heath, those are your top four. I think Jones is obviously the most interesting here, and it's going to be really interesting. Like Most of the things I'll say today probably have a shade towards 2020 because I'm not playing in Week 17. I wish most of you weren't playing in Week 17. And I think it's going to be interesting looking at Jones... Kyler Murray and Josh Allen, three quarterbacks that may not deserve to be looked at as starters for next year, but could absolutely emerge as starters next year. I think we'll probably rank Allen and Murray as top 12 guys, but Jones is going to be someone that's available at the very end of the draft that certainly has that potential if he improves. I'm already looking forward to drafting two quarterbacks with one of them being either Kyler or Daniel Jones next year. And I don't really, I don't really like to draft two quarterbacks. They're probably, I don't know how big of a gap it's going to be, but I I feel like, well, where do you think Kyler Murray is going to end up getting drafted? I think he's going to be like a, I think he's going to be a top 10 quarterback for sure because he can run. Okay. I agree with that. And Jones is going to be like, Maybe top 15, but I think there could be like five or six rounds. Like Kyler Murray is going to be drafted as a starter. Daniel Jones is not, in my opinion. I think it's going to be more like Murray in around seven, eight, because I think there's going to be a huge gap between the top two quarterbacks and pretty much everybody else. 
and then there's going to be just once you start getting to the mid rounds, people are going to start looking at blue chip guys. And I see Daniel Jones as one of those blue chip guys. He could be next year's version of Lamar Jackson, not to say that he's going to run all over the place like Lamar Jackson, but put up numbers that you'll be glad you took him. Uh, maybe not this? even you the got, double digit rounds. Even, you didn't even like him. Yet. He didn't even like him a day ago. I well, feel. I didn't this? like him. I didn't like him for fantasy in week 16. I admit to that. But when he got the opportunity and I got my first glimpse of him, I liked him a lot. And then he he's, started he's fumbling good. all over the place. His offensive <laughs> line didn't protect him. His receivers didn't make plays for him. He threw some interceptions. Now, w- when he did that, of course, I'm going to be nervous to start him. But he went up in, in a very favorable matchup against Washington today and completely blew the doors off of them. And it's it's a glimmer of what can happen. I also need to know what the Giants' defense is going to be like in 2020 because they're going to try to Bad. improve there. And if they're better there, it eliminates these track meet games that the Redskins and the Giants had on Sunday. All right, let's go to the top running backs. Not all of the top running backs, but you know a good chunk of the top running backs here, the best of week 16. Saquon Barkley set a Giants record for most yards from scrimmage. He had 22 carries, 189 yards, and a touchdown. He had four catches for 90 yards and a touchdown. He was outstanding. Second game in a row. 43 PPR fantasy points for Barkley in week 16. Kenyon Drake, Heath, second game in a row for him. I know you like Devontae Freeman. He was a winner. I wonder if you're going to play in week 17, if you would trust him at Tampa Bay because he was really bad last week at San Francisco. We knew he'd be good this week against Jacksonville, and then he gets another tough matchup at Tampa Bay. And then Alvin Kamara, 11 carries, but 80 yards and two touchdowns, six catches, 30 yards, and he finally comes through, and he was started in 96% of leagues. Um, so, Heath, we got Barkley, we got Drake, we got Freeman, we got Kamara. What jumps out of you? I mean, for most of these guys, it was just really good backs who had been not very good finally coming through, and that was nice for owners in consolation rounds. I actually lost to Saquon Barkley in a third-place matchup. I'm sure Alvin Kamara was started in some championship games as well. For Drake, it's really interesting. He left that game twice with injuries, came back both times, looked phenomenal, looked like the best running back in the game, and you look at what he's done since he's arrived in Arizona. They've already talked about how they would really like to bring him back he may just have to be viewed as a starter next year, a fantasy starter. Especially once they trade David Johnson to the Bucks. How, how much is he still owed? Uh, it doesn't matter. Tampa Bay will pay him. I think because he's a Bruce negative Arians, value currently. Uh, I'll look it up and see, but Bruce Arians will want him in a heartbeat if he's got the chance to get him. I, I will go on the so, record saying that Ronald Jones is currently better than David Johnson. Wow. Uh, maybe. Um, all right. Well, maybe well, right on. now he hold is, on. but I don't know if he will be next year. I'm, I'm looking at the salary situation. All right. While you do that, while you do that, Heath, starter sit Devontae Freeman at Tampa Bay week 17. Oh, start him. Fire him up. Start of the week. Oh, he was the start of the week this it, week. Come on. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not that optimistic. I mean, we've seen him take advantage of great matchups before, and uh, we I'm know not, the Jaguars are a great going, matchup. Yeah, I'm not going to have a lot of definitive Week 17 start or sit takes until Thursday afternoon we find out which half of the league is not playing. Okay, fair enough. I think that's smart. So There's no cap the, uh, hit for Arizona if they receivers. trade David Johnson, by the way. What's that? The best They're, wide receivers in Week 17, 16. Week 16, let's talk about the wide receivers here. Uh, Tyler Boyd. Nine catches, 128 yards, and two touchdowns at Miami. Steven Sims, 
He caught two touchdowns against the Giants, which is why you should pick up Greg Ward if you're playing into Week 17. Uh, Steven Sims has had, you know, good good target volume, like three games in a row. Uh, he had 11, he had 7, 11, and 10 targets now in three games for Steven Sims. Uh, he's a Washington receiver. Hunter Renfro's back, crushing Darren Waller and scoring a touchdown with 107 yards and seven catches. And Dave, those are three uh, wide receivers that stood out. Tyler Boyd, Steven Sims, and Hunter Renfro. How about Renfro and, and uh, Sims and who you'd be more interested in? Sims at Dallas, Renfro at Denver next week. I think I'd be a little more interested in Renfro just because I think him coming back and having this big of a role right away, that's interesting to me. I, I think the Raiders are going to be put in a tough spot, though, because I know that technically they're still alive. They need like five things to happen in order for them to make the playoffs as the sixth seed in the AFC. And some of those things are probably going to happen before they take the field against Denver. It probably still means that the Raiders are going to try to win. They certainly did that against the Chargers. That surprised me a little bit how aggressive they were and, and how good they were. Renfro was a big part of that. And I think that Renfro is somebody who, A, is going to get drafted middle, late rounds next year, especially in PPR leagues. B, could help your team in Week 17 against Denver. Okay. And then, Heath, let's finish it off by looking at the tight ends that stood out. Jared Cook, only four targets. He caught three of them, 82 yards, two touchdowns at Tennessee. Mike Gesicki caught two touchdowns on 12 targets against the Bengals, and he'll finish at New England. Caden Smith, he caught two touchdowns. He has a nice connection. It's four good games now, or three good games out of three with Daniel Jones. So they got a good connection there. And Tyler Eifert had a nice game at Miami. And one more, Jonu Smith had a good game against New Orleans. So um, we have Cook, Gasicki, Caden Smith, Tyler Eifert, and Jonu Smith. Thoughts? Very excited about what Mike Gasicki could be next year. And I really hope this Dolphins team just drafts a whole bunch of offensive and defensive linemen, brings Fitzmagic and Gasicki and Devontae Parker back together next year. Let's see what they can do. All right, Dave. Uh, what do you think about Jared Cook's year? Pretty impressive. Last nine games, eight of them have been really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, he started slow, and everybody thought, oh, crap, he's underachieving again, just like he did for most of his career. And then he's he proved again this year what we saw last year, which is when he gets a real opportunity to be featured in an offense, he comes through. And he's, I think there's no question about it, he's the number two receiver in the passing game for New Orleans and uh, it, it was a slow, long touchdown run for him, his first touchdown today uh, against Tennessee, but he got there, and I think he's going to continue to get some downfield opportunities. <laughs> he's been getting a lot of 20-yard type of um, targets for the last, I'd say, like most of the last five weeks, and I think that the Saints are going to continue to do that. New Orleans is in a situation where they have to play in Week 17. I think I think you'll see Jared Cook be usable and startable and good, and then in 2020, you know, I, I'm not sure how, if he's going to stick around or if they're going to try and replace him. They might keep him and then also draft a tight end or find a young tight end to try and groom behind him. But for now, I, I think you just ride the wave with Jared Cook. So who is the better late-round tight end in 2020? Let's assume Ryan Tannehill's back and Jonu Smith is the starter. And let's assume... Mike Kosicki is the starter for the Dolphins, which he will be. I don't know who their quarterback will be. I Probably not Josh Rosa. That's my guess. Right now, if you're drafting for 2020, would you take John U. Smith or Mike Kosicki? Kosicki. I think Kosicki is probably the better one to go with. Okay. 
Well, I hope you picked up Rod Gronkowski, unless you were Dusty from a suburb of Vancouver, Canada, who has our email of the day. Hey, Robert, Bob, Robbie, and Rob. I guess those are Gronkowski, like, you know, sort of Rob Gronkowski. So after hearing Dave Richards' good luck charm, I decided to pick up Gronk off waivers. I figured with Godwin injured, I would need some luck. So I dropped Dion Lewis to grab Rob Gronkowski. It was Friday evening, and Henry had no injury designation. Don't need to say much more about what happened there, but that's just the beginning. I then had DJ Moore get injured and Chris Carson. I also had Allen and Eckler have touchdowns stolen by Melvin Gordon. Barf. Needless to say, I won't be picking up Dave's good luck charm next time I make the finals. <clears throat> Dave, you jinxed Dusty from Vancouver. I'd like to think that Dusty jinxed dusty from vancouver but that's just my perspective on it not really saying that it's my fault or you know anything i look it's fantasy stuff happens the the whole good luck thing it's just for fun sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't for dusty sorry man no luck for you (laughs) all right we got uh like i said no show on monday but three episodes per week in the off season we have a Facebook group giveaway winner to tell you about. It's Chris from Kentucky. We asked him about his most exciting win of the season. Chris was down by 25 points going into the Week 14 Monday night football game. All I had left was Zach Ertz. I'm in a half PPR league, and Ertz won, won me my quarterfinal by scoring 25.6 points. He had the touchdown at the end of that regulation. He had the touchdown in overtime. Most thrilling finish to a matchup I've ever had. Shout out to Heath. Decimal scoring rules. <laughs> Okay. It, it, it is my goal that all fantasy football leagues on CBS will be decimal scoring one day in the future. There's no argument against it, really. No. Nope. Not. Although it is heartbreaking when you lose by less than one point in a fantasy league. Right. <laughs> now, Heath, are we going to the tenths or to the hundredths or what? Uh, I think you should go to the hundredths. Okay. I agree. Like just every, all, all that really matters is that every single yard should count. There should be no accumulation of yardage without accumulation of points. And think about where we see decimal points in sports today. Shot clocks in the NBA have decimal points. I think they do. I think the game clock in the NHL has decimal points. Um, You know, Major League Baseball, it's kind of boring. And decimal points are boring. So I'm sure they're there somewhere. Oh, you know, batting batting averages. Right. When a when a hitter oh, sure, okay. hitting three hundred or something, and they say that that's good, it's dot touchdown. Patrick Mahomes. Oh, good. Heath's ah. lead extends over me in the IDP league. Thanks. One that. more thing to promote, real quick. Here, it's almost time for the playoffs. CBS Sports has a new way for you to up the action. Uh, playoff pick'em. Whether you want to pick the games for cash or compete against friends, we have you covered with two easy ways to play. First, you can enter the playoff challenge for your chance to win $5,000. All you need to do is pick the winners, and the champ walks away with five grand in cash. Second, get your friends, your family, your coworkers, or anybody that loves football involved by creating a fully customizable private pool. You'll be in full control with options to choose the matchups you want. Uh, you want to include, include how to pick, scoring, and more. So uh, this is the playoff pick'em. It is totally free. Go to cbssports.com slash playoff or download the CBS Sports app now. Start your pool and play for $5,000. cbssports.com slash playoff. Uh, let's do an early look at the waiver wire real, real quick here since I know most of you are not playing in a week 17. We'll have a full waiver wire show for you. Uh, but, yeah, who's the headliner? Um, 
Heath, I'm going to throw it to you since I know how into this segment you are. I, well, I've been looking at waivers. It. I've been looking at it for the last few hours, trying to figure out who I'm going to pick up for my week 17 leagues. And I think right now the leader in the clubhouse has to be Gus Edwards in a game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. I know this game doesn't mean anything to Baltimore, but they'd probably like to keep the Steelers out of the playoffs. Mark Ingram is not going to play in this game. I still expect Baltimore's offense to have some success with Edwards and RG3. And so Gus Edwards is your top waiver wire ad for week 17. Are you sure that they would play him and not Justice Hill? Because I almost wonder if I they think value Edwards. Like I, we don't know the severity of Mark Ingram's injury, and if it is severe, then they might not want to play Gus Edwards in a meaningless game, and they might jump right to Justice Hill. And we've seen this before with a lot of different teams when they're playing in these meaningless games. They will quite literally go to the lowest player available on the depth chart. And I think that that's Hill for Baltimore. It could be somebody even worse than Hill, but a rookie that could get a lot of experience. I'm sure they'd love to have that. That's another player that I think could be interesting to draft in 2020. Uh, so I, I get where you're coming from with Gus Edwards. I would just caution everybody that he might not even be the best guy on Baltimore to go and add. Justice Hill could be it. Um, it really, if you're looking at a running back to start in Week 17, you're, you're just looking at anybody that has a chance to get 15 touches. I would say Travis Homer suits that um, profile. Patrick Laird could fit that profile. And maybe even Rex Burkhead. Yeah. That that also depends on whether or not the Patriots but, need to win. But if you had to make a waiver claim like right now and you were playing in a Week 17 league, I'm not picking Gus up Greg Ward. first. Greg Ward. You, you would not pick up Gus Edwards? I don't think he's going to get a ton of work. I think it's going to be more Justice Hill. I mean, we'll see what, what John Harbaugh has to say. But if I'm just using football coach logic, it's my starters hurt. But I my would, starting running back is hurt. My backup running back I might need for the playoff run. I'm going to play the third stringer. Third stringer. Could be. Mm-hmm. It could, could be. I yeah. think I'd rather have, like, if he's going to get, like, 10 touches, I'd rather have that than 15 from Travis Homer. But I get it. Yeah, I, I, I uh I, I would look. I don't know. I know the ownership percentage might suggest that he's available. I don't know if Prashad Perryman is actually available in any leagues, but he obviously is uh, worthy of being a starter. They're facing Atlanta next week. I don't even know that it matters who they're facing. So he's going to be one. Hunter Renfro might be popular, uh, but I think Greg Ward at the Giants has a really nice opportunity, and Dallas Goddard at the Giants has a really nice opportunity because you know they need to win that game. So uh, they they'll tear up the New York Giants. Let's go to some winners and some losers. Uh, we talked about most of the winners, actually. Heath, I apologize. We're going to skip your winners because they're Daniel Jones and DeAndre Good. Freeman. We'll go right to Dave's winners. Yeah, I figured you'd be okay with that. Uh, Dave, you have Dallas Goddard. Eight catches, 82 yards, and a touchdown on 11 targets. Uh, and Gus Edwards. Game of the year. Yeah, and Gus, Gus Edwards. There you go. <laughs> I had Edwards in there initially, and then I changed my mind. He's not a winner anymore. But Dallas Goddard is definitely a winner. <laughs> Philadelphia's got to play for something next week. It's a good matchup for him. And uh, I think the target share is going to stay there for, for one Dallas Goddard. I think Dallas Goddard is going to make me avoid drafting Zach Ertz next year, guys. Yep. Maybe. Yep. W- would okay, you take great. Zach Ertz if it's late round three or round four? No. Nope. That would be where. Um, yeah, I would. Late round three, I think, would work. Okay. And, you know, Ertz and Goddard played a lot together this year. Did it really hurt Ed? It hurt Ertz for part of the year, and it hurt Ertz this week. But there were some games where they played together 
where Ertz was still really good. I don't think it's Goddard that you've got to worry about. I think it's how Philadelphia rebuilds the receiving core, and you know they're going to address it several times over in free agency in the draft. All right, let's go to the losers. Heath, your losers were Philip Rivers, who was playing with a bad thumb in this game, and uh, he stunk 11 fantasy points against Oakland in a home, really, road game, though. Uh, They're at Kansas City next week, but Rivers and DJ Chark, who, by the way, since week three, DJ Chark has had a few good games. Every one of them, he's had double-digit targets. Since week three, Chark has not had one good fantasy game with single-digit targets, including... Seven targets, two catches, 18 yards at Atlanta today. So Rivers and Shark are your losers, Heath. Yeah, I'm solely looking at this from a 2020 perspective. I mean, I, it's really sad to me that that might have been Philip Rivers' last home game as a starting quarterback, and he was having to use a silent count because Raiders fans, of all people, were being too loud in his building. He deserved a better send-off than that, but I don't know. I don't really th- know that the Chargers are going to want him back at the type of money that he would generally com- command. I'm not sure that he's going to be a starting quarterback for an NFL team next year. I don't think he's going to be a starting fantasy quarterback next year. So it's uh, not not a great way for things to end for Philip Rivers. And DJ Chark, at one point this season, I would have bet that he was going to be a top 20, top 15 wide receiver going into 2020. Now he's kind of in limbo with the way he's finishing this year. All right, Dave, your losers are a couple of Colts. T.Y. Hilton led his team in receiving, Dave, with 26 (laughs) yards. Yeah. And Jack Doyle had 17. It was just, it was a run, run, run kind of situation. Two punt returns for a touchdown. They didn't have a lot of possession in this game, but they are losers for you, Hilton and Doyle. And stuff happened, and that's why there wasn't a lot there for Hilton or Doyle to do. Doyle hasn't really been good all season when T.Y. Hilton's been healthy. I don't know why anybody thought that would change this week. And they're set up for a very similar type of matchup in Week 17 at Jacksonville. I think you'll see the Colts probably try and play out the string by running the ball and leaning on their ground game and what's left of their offensive line. And maybe they try and find a a touchdown for T.Y. Hilton, but I don't know how big of a priority it is. I don't know how healthy he is. So I I think we're at the point now where T.Y. Hilton, let's turn it toward 2020. Hopefully he's healthy. I'm going to assume that Jacoby Brissett's still going to be the quarterback there. And I'm going to assume that Indianapolis will probably add a receiver to what they have. And that could hopefully help T.Y. Hilton avoid double teams and maybe, you know, catch a couple of big passes and and be more helpful for fantasy. But can't look at him as a top 12 receiver by any stretch. All right. So, Heath, it was week 16. I know you had some success. I don't know if you had any of the mega duds in your lineup, but who was the mega dud of all mega duds, not including the two Seattle wide receivers? Who were the the mega duds? That, who was the one that really dudded out for you? Um, I guess for me it was Jameis on Saturday was the one that hurt me the most. Um, but I think Watson in that same game, DeAndre Hopkins would qualify as well. Like those would be the three that I would choose. Oh, gosh, Watson and Hopkins. Would just... if. <laughs> They were so bad. And the Bucks, the Bucks keep shutting down these number one receivers. And who do they get next week? They get Julio Jones. We'll see what happens there. I like their corners. They got some good young corners. They're gonna That's, be it's a team year. on the rise, and Todd Bowles is yeah. doing a really good job calling the defense for them. I wouldn't be surprised if they won their division next year. So here are the mega duds that I have. Deshaun Watson scored eight points at Tampa Bay. Yeah. Russell Wilson scored 12 against Arizona. Now that's that's 20 or fewer in six of his last nine games, 23 or fewer in eight of his last nine games. 
Uh, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt were both terrible against Baltimore. They should rebound next week at Cincinnati. Amari Cooper, look, 11 targets, four catches for 24 yards, and Dak Prescott was very erratic. He, he could, could not control the ball today. Uh, Darius Slayton, yikes. No catches, two targets. He had an injury in this game. I didn't yeah. see the final snap count, but I know Cody, Cody Latimer was playing a little bit, Dave, but Slayton played enough to have more than zero catches on two targets. It's especially frustrating when you see that Daniel Jones attempted 42 passes, the Giants scored 41 points, and he's left with nothing. So that kind of stunk. I think the injury played a role, and he probably wasn't very comfortable when he came back from the injury. And just uh, it stinks. It's a big, it's a big dud for sure, but not the biggest. Yeah, and Noah Fant and Zach Ertz are the tight ends I had. You know, Heath, I'm doing. We got HQ all next week. Got the live video show at noon Eastern, uh, and I'm going to be on Thursday and Friday. And I was tasked with putting together a top ten wide receiver list, and I think I had Amari Cooper fifth. And I know he's going to end the year with kind of a dud, but you know he his numbers are not going to be what they should be. I think because he's played some games where he's been hurt, he's left some games with injuries. When he's been, you know, if they resign him, if he's back and Dak's back, I think he's going to be awesome next year, and. I don't know. Maybe you get a little bit of a discount because of this this weak finish. But what do you think about Amari Cooper? I just like I when I put my top ten wide receivers together, Amari Cooper did not make my list. I can understand the argument for him, but when you're making the argument of Amari Cooper is better than his numbers say, that seems like the argument we've been making for Amari Cooper his entire career. And there's just always some reason that the year-end numbers aren't quite as good as the player that we see out there. And um, so I, I would be skeptical that he's going to finally have the top five season. But he could. I think he could be a low-end number one, high-end number two next year. Dave, what do you think? Because Cooper was a top five wide receiver. I'm thinking as recently as a few weeks ago. And it's just he been was. a little bit of a nose. Oh, he's, and it's, 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 I, I, Dak, I, I, is, Dak has been terrible lately. He, he's probably had three or four eight game stretches in his career where he was a top five wide receiver. Yeah, but it, know, it, it felt, felt like felt it was coming in a more consistent rate with the Cowboys right. than it was. I think that's because it Oakland. was happening now as opposed to in the past when we knew that it went bad poorly. <laughs> Maybe so. Uh, there's a lot up in the air in <laughs> Dallas. We know that Amari Cooper is a free agent. We know that Dak is a free agent. One of those guys is going to get the franchise tag. The other one might get signed to a lucrative deal in Dallas. I'm sure the Cowboys would like to keep both. I think you've got to take a wait-and-see approach because who knows where Amari Cooper will be in 2020, but the injuries seem to be catching up with him, and, and that definitely happened to him in Oakland. He's a great player. There's a lot of intrigue with him. There's a lot to love about him, but I think he's got to be in the right system where he's got a great quarterback and he can stay healthy in order for him to be a top-five type of fantasy receiver. I had him ranked in the top 10. I'm not really comfortable with it. Uh, I, I didn't love doing the exercise of ranking for 2020 because I couldn't find a lot of wide receivers that I thought were just slam dunk, no doubt about it, top 10 types. Didn't see them. Yeah. Well, okay, so Tom, there's Thomas, and there's Julio has to be there, and yeah, Tyreek Hill I think, has, has to, to be, be there. there. Yep. Hopkins I mean, that's your to top four. There. That's your top mm-hmm. four. Adams. You're going to have Adams? Yeah, Makes five. Adams. I, I think Adams is a good fifth. Because I think he can be better next year, and obviously the turf toe injury really messed him up. And I'd put Evans and Godwin in ahead of Cooper, and I, I would put I'd put DJ Moore ahead of Cooper. 
I put more right I, behind. See, I Cooper. wouldn't go there. I, I look. I think that I think he might have a quarterback downgrade kind of next year. I kind of talked about this on what was it Wednesday show with you and Ben Heath. Like, like Cam Newton is just not good for quarter for wide receivers. It's just like not good for wide receivers. But yeah, and it's not had like, very many good wide receivers. No, and it sounds like Cam will be back in Carolina after all. Remember there was a there DJ was a period was that 11th where we weren't sure for me. DJ Moore was 11th for me. I had him I actually have him one spot. Oh wait, maybe I put him in. It was him or Beckham for that last spot cuz I still believe in Beckham. You have I mean, Beckham I in Beckham's... your top 10. Dude, he's he's Beckham. He's been playing hurt all year. We know but he's been playing hurt. But that's the problem with him. He's had injuries. Yeah, it is the problem. Several years in a row now. I know. I know. It's, yeah, we could know, say the same thing about Amari Cooper. I I know that Beckham, I DJ Moore is really good. Really good. Yeah. I don't think there's any wide receiver that is obviously more talented than Odell Beckham. Like, I'm not saying maybe there is one. I don't know. But Beckham might be still the most talented wide receiver in football. And so I, I can't say that about DJ Moore. And we don't know where he's going to end up playing in 2020 either. And, and as O.J. Howard has taught us, we'll see. The most talented is not always a good fantasy option. <laughs> I mean, it takes a lot of <laughs> talent to try and catch the ball with the smaller your back. You know, you and to get do... personal foul penalties. For no reason. All right. Uh, we'll take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to tell you about uh, all the games. We'll go through all the games. And I don't know. I don't know if we're doing Believe It or Not. We'll find out when we come back right after this. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. Houston 23, Tampa Bay 20. Believe it or not, Heath, go. Believe it or not, Ronald Jones should be drafted as a top 24 running back in 2020. I don't believe it. I think I, I, I think the Bucks are going to address the position. I I don't think Ronald Jones will get that opportunity. Okay, but if we did the hypothetical like we're drafting today, you know the rosters are the same. Then yeah, he's he. I think he is. I think he's gonna. Yeah, I'd say yes. Believe it. Believe in it. I think I believe it as well. I I hope that he gets the shot, and he's received the shot a few times this year, and mostly delivered. It just disappears the following week um i think he's gonna be right on the border right between that 20 to 30 range for sure disappears the following week he busts a pass protection assignment and he's on the bench i i i don't see it i i think you're putting way too much credit into ronald jones stock right now uh, believe it or not neither brashad perryman nor oj howard deserve to be drafted in a 12 team league next year Perriman, I believe, is a free agent, so he could end up parlaying this big finish into a opportunity somewhere other than Tampa. I'm I'm probably going to lean against drafting either one of those guys, but well, let's see what happens to Perriman. He could be a, a decent late round flyer. Okay, I, I was thought Heath would weigh in. I guess not. Oh, New England, he, I don't know if he's got Buffalo. anything to say on Brashad Perriman. I don't. I don't think I'll probably draft Perryman unless he's like the number one somewhere. Okay. What about OJ Howard? I have no idea what the situation's going to be with OJ Howard. Right. Yeah. I know what the situation's right, going to be. He's not going to be on my fantasy team. 
<laughs> New England yeah. 24 and Buffalo 17. And the Patriots had the ball for almost 39 minutes here. They ran the ball pretty well. Uh, all right, Heath, believe it or not. Believe it or not, Josh Allen should be viewed as a top 10 dynasty quarterback. Uh, don't believe it. He should be viewed as a top five dynasty quarterback. He is a rising superstar. OMG, I love Josh Allen. He's okay. He's good. Wait. wait. Oh, go. Okay. Go wait. Ahead. Wait. Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Hold Jackson. On. Before you go any further, Deshaun Watson. I didn't. I didn't really think it out when I said top five. I just <laughs> sort of went with my heart and my emotion. <laughs> okay. Not he's not a top five. Um. So you believe it is what you're saying. Not not don't believe well, it, but believe it. Okay. Well, who else after those three? Okay, you got you got Mahomes, Jackson, and Watson, and then like who else is clearly better than than uh, Josh Allen in Dynasty? Um, I think most people would still take Russell Wilson, Carson Wentz, Dak Prescott, Kyler Murray. Mm, I think he, I think there's a I case for him to be top five. He he runs a ton, and I probably would take I would take Kyler Murray. I would take Kyler Murray over him. But I love Josh Allen. If they need to get him a tall receiver because he overthrows his tiny receivers all the time, uh, but his arm is amazing. He's not overthrowing. I love wait, Josh Allen. He's not overthrowing them by six inches. It's not like if they were six three. <laughs> oh, he is. True. He, he it's really true. He, he's overthrowing them by six feet. There are times he needs a tall receiver. He can't survive with John, just John Brown and Cole Beasley. If they give him another receiver, he's going to take football. off. That's not basketball <laughs> I know who he is. Taco Paul. Right, uh, Dave, believe it or not, he, uh, Josh Allen's top 10. Uh, in Dynasty, for sure. In Seasonal in 2020, I think you can make the case for it. I wonder if Brashad Perryman goes to Buffalo. You want to talk about a big, fast receiver? That could be a nice mm. compliment there for Josh Allen. I think... I think that would work for them, and Buffalo seems like the type of place that would overpay for Brashad Perriman to come there. Why would you go get Brashad Perriman when you have John Brown? Because Brashad Perriman is a bigger version of John Brown, and now you're loading up your field with a bunch of speed and Cole Beasley in the slot and Dawson Knox will enter his second year. The offensive line is going to be better. Buffalo is actually going to be an intriguing offense next year. So I've got Josh Allen as a top 12 quarterback in seasonal. I think the case could be made for top 10. And I think in dynasty, he's probably closer to like top seven. I, th- I think he's a rising star. I think, uh, you know, he, I, I, you know, he started to turn to turn the story on him a little bit in that Dallas game on Thanksgiving. Now he's got, you know, he's done it in prime time. He just, he's just like the, he, the bills fans must be so excited. All right. Believe it or not in week 17, if you're playing a week 17, Sony Michelle against the Dolphins is going to win you your fantasy league. I think you got to believe it. I really do. Because I think the Patriots, I'm, I'm expecting Kansas City to beat Chicago. They're beating them as we mm-hmm. speak right now. Sorry, Adam. I, I know you don't like being spoiled on this stuff, but it's the price you pay <laughs> for having me on your podcast now. Uh, I think Sony Michelle will be the lead back for the Patriots in a game that they need to win to lock up the number two seed. Heath, no, not not playing. No, okay. No. San Francisco. Is, I think I've figured out Heath is not answering Week Seventeen questions. San Francisco thirty-four, the Rams thirty-one. Heath, believe it or not, Raheem Mostert will be the starter for the Forty ers in twenty twenty and for your fantasy team in twenty twenty. I can't believe that. That's the problem. 
because I, I the 49ers can go and add another running back and wipe out everybody else that they have. Or they're going to add another running back, and then they're going to use four guys every week. So I, I think you draft Mostert with the idea of him being good bench depth. I believe it. I think he's really good. I think they will use him more in more next year than they are this year. Okay. What do you think? <laughs> no, no, no. You know what? He doesn't want to play. He doesn't. He doesn't have to. No, play. I, I care what uh, his opinion I'm ask, is. I'm ask. I'm I ask the questions. You guys answer them. That's how. No, the game usually goes. you chime in on these. Yeah. Uh, all right. Yeah. He's, Besides, okay. you're wearing believe, you're wearing a not. yellow a yellow Mostart shirt right now. It's true. I, I think you, I think you need to give your two cents on Raheem. Come on, Heath. Yeah, I don't Let's know. Hear it. I'm not. Sh- I'm not sure. That's why I was asking you guys. <laughs> That's why. Right. You can't. You can't believe it. You, you're. You side with uh, me. All right. Uh, we'll go to our next game then. Let's go to Jacksonville at Atlanta. Jacksonville. Losing at Atlanta. Atlanta had the ball for a little over 33 minutes, so pretty nice advantage there, about six minutes of possession. Heath, believe it or not, on this game. Believe it or not, we don't really know what DJ Chark's going to be moving forward. I believe it because I don't I, I don't think the Jaguars know what he's going to be moving forward. I think they'd love him to be their number one receiver. I don't know if they if they lock him into that role this offseason and not address the position. And maybe they do because they've got so many other holes to fill. But I, I don't know if they can be. I don't know if they're convinced on DJ Chark being their for sure number one guy. Was that the most vague, believe it or not, we've ever had? I mean, uh, yeah, I, <laughs> I don't know uh, what to make of DJ Chark, and I, so I do believe, believe it? it. I do believe okay. it, but it was, it was so vague. Uh, believe it or not. Man, this, there's a lot in this game. I want to talk about, forget, believe it or not, I want to talk about Leonard Fournette and I want to talk about Matt Ryan. Because Matt Ryan, like this is what I was worried about. He's just not playing that well. And he had 384 passing yards in this game. So that's, you know, that's not so bad. But he only ends up with 17 fantasy points. Um, but let's start with Fournette. Like, what do you make of it? You know, you guys were polar opposites. Heath, you said, if I know he's getting the work, I'm going to rank him high. Dave, you said, he's not playing that well, I'm going to rank him low. He finishes with 13 PPR points, 10 non-PPR points. He has an okay game. But, you know, it's it's disappointing. And, uh, Heath, what are your thoughts on Fournette right now? I just, I don't, like, I'm frustrated by their inability to have success in the red zone. And it's a similar thing we've seen Arizona deal with in their offense. They can move the ball between the 20s over and over and over, and they get in the red zone and they just fall to pieces. And that's what's happened to Jacksonville. The offensive line has not been very good. I don't agree with the idea that Leonard Fournette has not played very well. I think he played pretty well in this game. He's on pace. If he plays in week 17, he's probably going to finish close to 1,900 total yards. It sucks that he's only scored three touchdowns, and that has hurt his fantasy value. But he's going to have a top 10 season in both formats with a terrible touchdown luck situation. And I think he should be committed for that. I I can already hear positive touchdown regression. Flowing from Heath's mouth into our brains. And then that's going to be part of the argument for why you draft Leonard Fournette. I think it's great that he played. I don't think he missed a game this year. Right? He played played in every game. No injury concerns. Had to gut out behind a tough offensive line. Um, That's going to get improved. Big questions about the quarterback spot there. 
I think a case can be made that Leonard Fournette's going to be a second-round pick again in 2020. I think we should almost expect uh, Second that. round? I thought about him in the first round with all these touches, but I just don't see him catching uh, this many passes. I think I think that's definitely going down next year well, the same way it did who, for Ezekiel Elliott this year. Who is the offensive coordinator? Are they If they keep the same offensive matter. coordinator, I, I think he's catching a bunch of passes again. That's part of the, the yeah, game plan. Yeah, but... Not this much, though. This just seems like overkill. But uh, maybe. But I think some people might take him in the first round. And then I could also hear people going, there's no such thing as positive regression, idiots. It's not. It's progression. And there's something like that. But of We've course, already corrected them it's, on that. It's, it's not, not it's, Yeah, it's not <laughs> progression, and it's not positive regression. It's just regression. He is going to regress to the means in terms of his touchdown rate. Mean, not Okay, means. so the beans, yeah. Uh, all right, we'll save Matt Ryan for another day. Giants 41, Redskins 35. Believe it or not, Daniel Jones is a better passer than Eli Manning. Of course you believe it. Okay, Heath, what's the, <laughs> the other believe it or not for this game? Um, hmm. Believe it or not, there may be a tight end controversy in New York. Uh, I have seen that they are not a lock to bring Evan Ingram back. There's no controversy in terms of Ingram versus Caden Smith, but there's not. I don't think it's 100% certain that he's on the Giants next year. Uh, I think right. he'll be back, though, so I, I will not believe it. I think he'll be back, but I think they might use him a little less than they did this year because they're worried about him getting beat up. Maybe. Um, believe it or not, Saquon Barkley should be the number two pick in drafts next year. I believe that. Uh, I do not believe that. Where do you think he should go? I think, like, I will, I'm sending that list out today, so I, this might change. But I think he should be top six or seven for sure. Probably top five. I, I think it's three at the latest. Like I could see taking Zeke over him. Obviously McCaffrey's gonna go one. I so who else like who would go over Saquon Barkley? Well I think Saquon Barkley I think is we so ha- good. I think we have to consider Michael Thomas in PPR as a top three pick. There's only been two or there's I think there's only gonna be one running back this year. I think Christian McCaffrey is the only running back that's going to score more fantasy points than Thomas. And it seems like he's safer than these running backs. That's not a bad point. All right. All right. Uh, let's do a Redskins, believe it or not. Believe it or not, Terry McLaurin. <laughs> I was going to say, McLaurin, believe it or not, there's a Redskins, believe it or not. <laughs> there is. Terry McLaurin is a top 20 wide receiver in 2020. Yeah. I believe bet, it. I bet he gets drafted as one of the first 20 receivers off the board. And this is another team that I would expect a lot of additions to. Offensive line. Um, defense, but I don't think it's going to be enough on defense. I think they're going to have to throw a lot. Haskins should have. I think at this point we can feel a little bit better about Haskins than we might have maybe three or four weeks ago. And McLaurin looks like he's just the real deal. Had a great year and uh, definitely looking forward to seeing what he can do as a number two receiver in fantasy next year. Pretty pretty good All chance right, he's going to be a top 20, 20 receiver this year. Oh, sure, which um, makes it easier yeah, to draft him as such next year. Okay, uh, New Orleans 38 and Tennessee 28, Heath. Uh, Well, I kind of already used this, but I'm going to go ahead and say it. Believe it or not, Michael Thomas should be a top three pick in PPR next year. The only problem, the the biggest problem I have with that is that there's going to be 
a mad rush for running back at the top of fantasy drafts. And why do you think that? Like, I know I've heard you say that, and I, I'm because I think why. people, I think people want to get that position covered before receiver. Now there will but be somebody most, in every league that's going to want to zag when everybody else is zigging, and Michael Thomas will be that zag. I think he's safe. I think he's a very good NFL player, obviously, and he's my number one receiver. It's just a matter of how early you take him in round one and how comfortable you are with the rest of the running back position. Zero RB I, truthers for sure are going to take Michael Thomas. Well, you don't have to like. I think it will be interesting because I know you've said that a lot, and I I do think it's very important to have good running backs. It's going to be interesting with the performance of the first round running backs who were mostly disappointments this year. Um, if we just do that again next year and pretend like it didn't happen. Well, I think in fantasy, there's really nothing more valuable than an amazing running back. That yep. You know, if you had Christian McCaffrey, you probably had a great chance to win your league. So I think people are still going to chase that. If Barkley has another big game to finish, because you could look at what Barkley just did and say, look, he did it against the Dolphins and the Redskins. And that's a valid argument. If he does it against the Eagles next week, um, like he did last year against the Eagles, then I, I would take him over Michael Thomas. I, I would take him over Thomas anyway, because, you know, it's interesting. It's like Thomas, this is his fourth year, right? He's so much better this year than he was the previous two yeah, seasons. The previous two point. seasons, he was like wide receiver seven, wide receiver eight, something like that. He was really good, but the wide receivers in general have been horrible this year. He's been just terrific, but I don't know if he could do this again. It's not... Yeah, I, it's, I don't know. Maybe he can. He's not doing anything that seems completely unsustainable, but uh, I yeah, don't know. I don't. I, 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 so I, it's, much better. it's going to be interesting to look at it because like your perception is the wide receivers have been horrible this year. My perception is the elite running backs have been disappointing this year. It'll be interesting once the se- season is finally over to see like how many of the top 12 are wide receivers on a per game basis. Because last I looked, it was like five of the top 12. Um, and it was guys like, Michael Thomas, DeAndre Hopkins, Julio Jones. Like it was the guys we drafted to be in the top 12. So I don't know that it's really true that the wide receivers have been horrible this year. Oh, well, I mean, I think Devontae Adams has been disappointing and Odell Beckham's been a total bust and Juju Smith Schuster has been a total bust. All right. Yeah. Right. Honestly, you make a good point. I'm not going to, we won't get into it now. All right. So let's go to, um, uh, just real quick, believe it or not, Ryan Tannehill is a better than Daniel Jones next year. Ryan Tannehill or Daniel Jones? Who would you take? Jones. Tannehill. Oh, all right. <laughs> I will take Jones. I don't know. Of I, you will. Tannehill looks pretty damn good, but I am a little concerned that he is going to be Nick Foles. New York Jets 16 and Pittsburgh 10. Heath. Oh, gross. Believe, believe it or it. not. <laughs> Yeah, this <laughs> I like believe it or not someone cares about one of these two teams. <laughs> uh, we yeah. all have a loved one that cares about one of these two squads. Um believe it or not James Conner can't be trusted by the Steelers as their primary running back. Yeah, I guess I, I just have that. I have no idea what they are going to look like next year because like is Ben Roethlisberger? Do we really think he's he just looks like going Matt to Patricia. make it? Have you? Yeah, you I'm not sure him? he's ever playing football again. Yeah, it's like you could put those two in a room and no one's going to be able to tell them apart until someone just, gives one of them a football. 
and the other one or gives a the guy like a, a turkey bone to eat. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know what the Steelers team is going to look like. Just like you said, Heath, there's, there's a lot of change that could happen there. This could be a team that actually, you know, the defense holds up, but the offense continues to be kind of muckety-muck. Yeah, I'll say this, though. For Week 17, I think Le'Veon Bell could have a really nice game. The Bills have nothing to play for. Bell's had uh, big work, two straight games, more than 20 carries. Bill's run defense just made Sony Michelle look good. So Bell, you know, he, not bad. You know, 93 total yards, 13 PPR fantasy points. That's okay and uh, could be good in Week 17. Let's go to the Colts and the Panthers, 38-6, to six, the final score. Heath, Colts, and Panthers. Believe it or not, T.Y. Hilton is no longer a top 25 wide receiver in Dynasty. How I old is I think I believe he? that, man. I think he could think... crack 25th in Dynasty because he's got to be 30? I think 29? he'll be 30 next year. Okay. I think he such a bad might be able to still make it. But it's yeah, yeah th- this was a nightmare year. He's not been the same guy even when he's been healthy. He's not been very healthy over the last two years. He doesn't have Andrew Luck anymore. He's not getting the deep targets anymore. And he's reached the age where he generally gets worse and not better. Yeah, I think the the story on Jacoby Brissett has he, kind of flipped. You know, he's just, I don't think he's so good. He is well, we don't, Ever since he, has, he got hurt, he hasn't been consistent. And that's something that I think you have to take into consideration. As far as a uh, week 17 spin for you, Marlon Mack is going to destroy the Jacksonville Jaguars. 16 carries, 95 yards, and a touchdown uh, this week, and two catches for six yards. And he'll get Jacksonville next week. He's going to have an awesome week. Start of the week, start of the year. He's going to win you a league if you play in week 17. Marlon Mack. All right. Miami 38, Cincinnati 35. What an awesome game, Heath. Uh, Believe it or not, uh, Devontae Parker should be drafted as a top 15 wide receiver next year. Um, What a tough call. I kind of want to say yes to it, but I feel like I'm just running into the arms of recency bias when I do it because he's been great this second half of the season and he's been dreadful and injury prone and kind of wimpy every other moment of his NFL career. And I also don't think Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to be his quarterback next year. And I don't know if it's going to be Tua Tagovailoa next year. I just, (laughs) I just licked the microphone. Oh my God. (laughs) My tongue hit the microphone. Oh, really? I think I got to go. I think I got to go. Okay. (laughs) That's disgusting. At least my microphone is only my microphone. That is absolutely disgusting. Heath, what a crappy performance from Joe Mixon. This is one of the biggest. This is a not quite a mega dud because he had 73 total yards, but 21 carries for 50 yards. There was a report before the game that he was dealing with a stomach bug, but he got the work. He got 23 touches. It was an overtime game. And it's not like other running backs are doing anything. This was so unbelievable to me that Joe Mixon was this bad. Believe it or not, that was your best pun of the season. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it was a really disappointing effort against a really good matchup. At least he got the work, though, because everybody was worried about Mixon um, not playing that much because of the stomach bug, quote unquote, that he had. What What was the pun? I said a pun? 
<laughs> Nobody cares. All right, Baltimore 31, Cleveland 15. Heath? I was I was washing my tongue. I didn't hear the pun. I'm sorry. <laughs> I uh, oh, I told Adam what the pun was. Um, no, it was a pun. Oh, okay. Um, believe it or That's not, me. Kareem Hunt is the <laughs> free agent prize at running back this offseason. Yeah, sure. I believe it. I'm sorry. The pun was very funny. Yes, thank you. I am I am a genius without even I'm a poet and I didn't even know it. Dave, believe it or not. I think he I think he could be, yes. Would you rather sign Kareem Hunt or trade for Le'Veon Bell or David Johnson? Because those are going to be the types of choices that a team looking for a running back will have unless they decide to draft one. Because the NFL draft is going to be filled with good running backs this year as well. So I think I think we're on the right track with Kareem Hunt, and I think he's proving to be um just as good as he was. In Kansas City, he's just not getting the same type of an opportunity. And, uh, yeah, I, I think I think you're right on about that, Heath. So Landry or Beckham next year? I, I think it's kind of funny, by the way, that we're talking about Kareem Hunt as, as being the prize of free agency, and I'm talking him up coming off of his worst game this year. It's his first game yeah. with under 11 PPR points. Landry and Beckham next year, is that what your question was? Mm-hmm. Yes, that was it. I, I probably would gravitate toward a healthy Odell Beckham over a healthy Jarvis Landry, but still so much in the air about where they are, what team they're playing yep. on. Okay. Uh, Oakland 24, Chargers 17. Um, believe it or not, Mike Williams is better than Keenan Allen from this point forward. Hmm. I don't think I'm ready to believe that. I don't think I'm ready to nah. believe that. No, nah, me either. Me either. How about you, Heath? I think it's pretty close. I think he's been better over the last six weeks and maybe even has more targets over that span. And he's going one direction and Keenan Allen may be going the other. And they maybe have a new quarterback as well who may have a new favorite number one. <laughs> Story of my life. Right? That was a one direction punt. Uh believe it or not. Well, not believe it or not, but let's just how about DeAndre Washington? Big game for him. Twenty three carries, eighty five yards and a touchdown, two catches, twenty one yards. Big day for him. He's awesome. And he's at Denver next week. Yeah. So good stuff. Uh we'll see yep. if Josh Jacobs is back next uh Josh Jacobs or Leonard Fournette in two thousand twenty. Jacobs. Fournette. <laughs> okay Arizona 27 and Seattle 13 what a weird game Heath um believe it or not we're gonna have the whole debate over Russell Wilson's pass volume again this offseason and whether it matters 100% we're gonna have it again uh, 100% I'm not because I don't really care but I this nine game stretch for Russell Wilson has been bad I mean Pat, I wonder if we're gonna fine. learn I wonder if we're going to learn that he's got an injury and that he's playing with something. Because the last time he was this bad, he was hurt. Yep. Yeah, he's he's been just not throwing. It's like the completion percentage is way down, the yards per attempt. And uh, it's been bad. It's been partially Lockett. But I don't know. There's, I don't, personally, I don't really care about the pass volume. He'll figure out a way to get it done. But he has had the volume. Like, he threw 31 passes today, Heath. That would be enough for you, right? I mean, that's below average, but... For Wilson, if I told you he was going to average 31, you'd be thrilled with that, right? 
If I project him for 480 pass attempts next year, he's probably going to be right around 9 or 10 in my rankings. Uh, okay. Denver 27, Detroit 17. Um, <laughs> believe it or not, what, what do you mean way to prepare? I, no, I was talking to someone else. I was talking to uh, my. Were you talking chef. to me? Good. Were you talking about <laughs> wave? You were being sarcastic with my preparation. I'm putting my life yeah, on the was. line here. Who knows what disease is on my tongue now? For for what your you got, for everybody's entertainment and for your podcasting dreams, Adam. Thank you, Keith. Um, believe it or not, you probably don't want to draft a Broncos running back next year. No, no. Philip Lindsay will get the job. They, the Philip Lindsay will get treated next year like he should have been treated this year, and he'll be great. I think I believe Heath. Let's it doesn't mean I'm not going to draft Philip Lindsay. He's going to be like a round. He's going to be what he was this past year, a, a great zero RB target in round four or round five. I'll tell you who I like next week, by the way. I like Carrion Johnson. They got only 10 carries this week. Give him a bigger workload next week against Green Bay. That could be a nice situation for him, and he could bounce back. Philadelphia I, 17, I don't think they Dallas give him, 9. I don't think they give him more work. I think they want to limit Why? him and just because they don't want to hurt him anymore. That's a part nah, of their going offense the off season. What's he going to do, tear his ACL? Well, Come on. This Heath, is Carrion Johnson more we're talking about. Go for it. Yeah, believe it or not, Amari Cooper is the same inconsistent number two wide receiver he's always been. Not My me. rankings are going to say I don't believe it, so I'll say I don't believe it. But you can you you can definitely make a convincing case that he is. Maybe I should just believe it. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Heath, you want to talk about a quarterback who we should be talking about volume. Carson Wentz. By the way, I think Miles Sanders is a first-round pick for me. I would take him as early as sixth overall. He's going to be my breakout star. Superstar. Love, love Miles Sanders. Love him. Wow. Um, Wentz has thrown 39 or more passes in seven straight games, and it's obviously boosting his fantasy numbers. So he feels like a bust to me next year. Thoughts? I mean, it depends on how good or bad their pass defense is, likely. But no, I don't. I don't know that I think he'll be a bust because I don't think he'll be drafted as a top five quarterback. I think he's probably going to be a second half of the draft type guy. But yeah, I mean, if he gets taken in the top five, he'll be a bust. No, I'm, he won't be in the top five. I think. I don't think he should be a top ten quarterback. I think he should be right around ten. Yeah, I don't have a problem taking him as a starter. Man, you, you year. turned on Carson Wentz. Remember when Carson yeah. Wentz was what? a future MVP and like a star? Yeah, it's not the same. They don't have the same offense anymore. They he doesn't run anymore. He doesn't want to run anymore. He has openly said that. So if you don't run, if you are a quarterback who does not run, then you know you're ancient at this point, and you have to be amazing otherwise. So you know we'll get into that uh, some other time. That's it for the show. Hey, good job, guys. Way to go. 16 big weeks. Good job, fellas. Very proud of you. We made it. I'll see you next year. <laughs> All right. Yeah, Heath will be on in January. Dave will be on on Tuesday. I'll be on on Tuesday. And we'll talk to you then. For Dave and Heath, I'm Adam. This is Fantasy Football Today.
Picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. 